0: Again. White bars, red dads, movie mad libs We make it rain with verbs and nouns Play a funny popcat, go away down. Jerry's telly, got the nice cuts Heard the bathrooms here are really nuts Wayne's world too, hypothesis Only jokes, not politics Wait, what? You had seen that? White machete kill you with a baseball bat Vietnam audiences growing bigger That like the song Twitter. Sandy Bullock got run upset. Test of Verdy recommends the net. Brandis, why'd you do that thing? It's Peterson and the Rental King. Oh boy, <laughs> the air is thick. <laughs> the air is thick with anticipation. As all eyes turn to the stage, where I, Ron Avis, the Rental King, stand amidst a sea of unexpected ears. My voice booms into the night like thunder, announcing why fewer remakes and reboots have been released lately. Adam Peterson strides boldly to the microphone right now, I'm sure. And his response will no doubt echo around us as he passionately defends his stance on the matter. His words whip us into a stormed frenzy of debate amongst listeners all across Vietnam. How's it going, Adam? And what do you feel? How do you feel about reboots and remakes?
1: I swear, I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, (laughs) but that was awesome. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) I was like, totally going to surprise you up with that little theme song. I was like, you know what? I can't continue to infringe on this guy's like music. I'm just going to come up with something unique for the new show. I was like, hey. Uh, I'll just write a theme song and record it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I had to, I had to Tommy boy that because that, that was in fact, awesome. Ah, thank you, sir. All right. Let's see. Um, yeah. So I thought it's,
0: it's my turn as a topic to go ahead and come up with, you know, our new format. Like one of us comes up with a topic each, uh, usually kind of alternate who goes first. But it's like a podcast where you're I think it's or I feel like it's kind of meant to imitate uh, that feeling when you would have that friend at work and you would have something in your head you want to just talk about that happened recently. So you make a beeline for that friend and you talk about it and they being of a like minded individual have similar or maybe completely different opposing thoughts and opinions, but they have an opinion. So you have this fun little discussion and then that other friend goes, hey, wait. I wanted to talk to you about something too. And then you kind of have the format of the show. Basically did that. Did I properly uh, describe That's it? That's it. That's it right yeah. there.
1: That's the yeah, whole if thing. You could
0: just come up with a more succinct way to put that. I would appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that every single episode, but I will, I'll do it for you. If, if, if America or, or any other country, Vietnam specifically, uh, need me to, um, I'm here. Or so. Vermontonians. Yeah, Vermonters, <laughs> Vermontonians, we're already like one state down as far as friendship listenership goes. But no, how do you feel about reboots and remakes in general? Like, what's been your kind of overall
1: opinion of those? It's, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, there's, there's a, a a lot of people that right off the bat, anybody even broaches. Uh, sometimes it's certain movies, but it's it's one of those things. Like anybody even broaches the idea of like, oh, we're gonna remake this, we're gonna remake the Goonies, and people just yeah. start losing their minds.
0: Oh, they fucking hate it. And it's what's an attack on their childhood? Yeah, it's it's
1: <laughs> like, and it's it's one of those things where I mean, because as I think probably uh, like one of the first ones that pops in my head is the uh, is the the Karate Kid remake that they came uh-huh. out with a few years ago, and it's one of those is like. Um, my, my big thing, I, I mean, I'm not a like, it's one of those things like, I, I, I don't want to just, I don't want to be wishy-washy about it and like sit on the fence. I was like, sometimes maybe it boils down to what's being remade, what's being rebooted. Um, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things where it's like with, like with the karate kid, I, cause I saw it. Um, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't, didn't love it, Yeah. but it's one of those like, um, the original Daniel Russo, uh, you know, Pat Morita and Ralph Macchio, Karate Kid exists in the world, and I I'm uh-huh. okay with that. Yeah. And then and then the uh, the Jackie Chan and uh, Will Smith Jr. Um, that one exists, and it's, I just it does. I don't I just don't pay attention. Like I don't like no one forces me to watch it regularly. Mm-hmm. Like somebody doesn't come to my house and like. A clockwork orange me to the couch and like watch the karate kid remake.
0: <laughs> Love it! no must no bl- must blink.
1: <laughs> so it's one of those words like that. That whole argument loses a little bit of steam because I'm like, you know, you know, if they're gonna remake it, then you know they think they can make money off of it. If you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not gonna see it. And like that's okay. I'm like it's okay. They're, they remade this. So I, I really enjoy some. And the ones that I'm like, I don't think I'll enjoy this. The thing that I do is I don't see that movie.
0: Yeah. Kind of like, like Aladdin. Twitter. <laughs>
1: like when uh, one of my favorite directors of all time, Guy Ritchie, decided to remake Aladdin. I said yeah, no. Yeah, you
0: were quick to
1: quick to reject that one, that's for yes. sure. Yes, <laughs> and still have yeah. to this day. I reject this to watch it.
0: I think I Refuse. understand that. I, the reason these things continue because I, I was coming at it initially from a standpoint that maybe people are tired, getting tired of remakes and reboots. Cause I feel like I'm seeing less and less of them. And the reason I was thinking about that was because I saw an ad on TV for the white men can't jump remake. Yes, And it's airing exclusively on Hulu. So right away, I scoffed a little bit, not, not to say that there isn't really good content on, you know, original content on Hulu. There are, but, uh, I kind of, in my mind, maybe it's because I hold white men can't jump up as kind of this classic movie. I love it. I've watched it so many times and it never ever gets old and it doesn't date itself in any way, really. And Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are just great on screen together. And, you know, you got that adorable, uh, uh, what's-her-face. Um,
1: Rosie uh, Perez. Yeah. this is
0: like her first movie. And she's just sassy. This sassy girlfriend of Woody Harrelson. It was just really fun. And to see it not even get a theatrical release kind of made me, you know. it. it I'm not going to lie. It kind of punched me in the gut a little bit. Like, ugh. <laughs> you know, like that was a unexpected. And so I go back and I look. And I I pulled up, I got the list of, um, I've got the list of remakes and reboots coming up this year and I'm going to mention them here in just a second, but I wanted to say first, I think I understand the whole, uh, reboots and remake thing and why it may persist in forever is because, um, if you wait a certain amount of time, usually 20 to 30 years, uh, things that people enjoyed when they were kids, when they first learned to enjoy things like movies, you know, you see all those great movies from that year as at a young age. And it just sort of informs you for life, what movies are supposed to be. And once you start getting into that kind of nostalgic thing and you start seeing remakes of movies like red Dawn or dirty, rotten scoundrels, and you just go, why this is stupid. Why would they remake this? Because the only time I personally get excited about a remake or a reboot or like a reimagining is if it's something science fiction-y where technology has advanced so yeah. much since it was originally popular. Dune comes to mind. Like to me, Dune was okay at best back in the 80s the dune that's out now is just superior in every way in my mind, my estimation in every way, except it doesn't have sting obviously can't, you know, but uh, maybe they, maybe they offered to sting and he said, no, thanks this time around, but it doesn't matter. Uh, But you know what I mean? Like it's science fiction. So I'm so much of a kind of a nerd when it comes to special effects. Like I love practical it again. It's what I liked when I was a kid and when movies were magic, basically didn't even understand how movies were made uh practical effects were the big thing and then special effects came along and everyone agreed this is so much better than a fucking puppet
1: you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> when you see
0: jurassic park for the first time but the problem was it was fool's goal because nobody could make another jurassic park for years like there was just this what fart stream of mediocre to okay and decent science fiction movies that would come out one month after the other, just each like an iPhone release, just each just a little bit better than the last. Yeah, But you didn't have that big jump like you did with Jurassic Park. And you know, when something like an avatar comes along, a lot of people just go see it to see what fresh shit James Cameron has dreamed up uh, with all the money and resources in the world. The movie is like just OK, but everybody went to see it because like I know that when I go see one of his movies, I'm probably going to see some shit that I'd never seen before in a, in a movie in the in the cinemas. And it it was right. You know, like when I went to see even the, the new one, uh, it looked way different than any other movie I'd ever seen before. Like I can't even I, I know it's because there were more frames per second or something, but just looking at it, you just it feels sharper, I guess, more fluid and it almost made me a little bit nauseous from telling you the truth. Uh, maybe it was because of a lot of jerky motion and it, my brain was perceiving it as so real. Like I started getting motion sick, that kind of thing. So, you know, it was cool and it was great, but uh, I think we, now we've gotten older. We were like, remember how like impressed we were when all that shit was just like practical effects. And we all agree. Yeah, it was much, it was much better. Uh, it's not really that it's better. It's just, you know, it's, it's just novel now. We we love it because we haven't seen it in so long. We've accepted this like one movie after another, marginally better special effects. And so, yeah, uh, to make a long story short, I'll accept a reboot or a remake if it's in that kind of uh, genre. But if it's not, I literally don't give a shit because, uh, you know, I've seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with uh, Steve Martin in it. Uh, no offense to Anne Hathaway and whoever, was it Rebel Wilson? Rebel Wilson. Yeah, no offense to those ladies. Hilarious, capable actors who, and I know it wasn't like a one for one remake or anything, but. It was pretty close. Y- well, you know, pretty much. And it's like, why do we, why bother? I love the original. At best, I'm just going to, I mean, there's a chance I might like it more. And if so, that's cool. Like I think Blade Run, well, again, that's Blade Runner is a poor example because again, it's science fiction. Um, But you know, sometimes like I do see like a remake that I think's pretty darn good. I'll give you an example: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That reboot that or remake that came out back in two thousand three. I thought that was a really fresh take on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It felt oh yeah, it was very um, it was very respectful in the way that it kind of copied. It, It felt like an homage and not a copy. Sometimes, like you will see a horror movie and name, and it feels more just like a copy and not so much an homage. If that makes sense. <laughs> so, well, yeah, because
1: you know. when when you're when you're rebooting or you're remaking something, there's you know there's uh, it, it's the, it's I feel like it's a fine line that you have to walk because you you're someone has already brought this project into the world and you're saying hey we're going to do it again right and you
0: would hope that they their intention would be to make it better
1: yeah to say okay hey we and and even in doing that that's that's where that fine line is you say okay what we don't want to do is imply that we're doing it better because the original didn't live up to something oh hey we can do yeah. this better than they did you have to yeah, you have I, I to pay the meme that sorry yeah no you have I, to I like see, you said you have to pay that respect to the original you do to where, okay, no, we're what well, the messaging here is not that what you got before was inferior. What we're saying is that product that you gave us w- when you made it inspired us to the point where we wanted to do a reimagining of that same yeah. story, yeah. but relevant to our generation. Yeah. And that's it's a fine line to walk. I mean, it's it's not, it especially really is. when you're dealing with things. You know, that that have a significant fan base that have a, a following or you know, or the original is regarded as oh wow, this is this is a great movie. It's like a counterfeit movie, you know,
0: like sometimes you look at a counterfeit bill or a or a knockoff version of a toy that's much less expensive because it's a knockoff. Yes. And you're just trying real, real hard to distinguish the it from the original. Like sometimes you can tell right away, oh, this is a knockoff. This is a poor lazy, cheap knockoff. But then every now and then very rarely you'll get like a knockoff where you're like, I'll be damned if this isn't like the original boxed as a knockoff. You know, this is tell me that wasn't the real thing that I just paid a, a fraction of a price for. So, you know, yeah, sometimes like you do get like an inspired remake. I think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one of them. I think it qualifies as something like that. You know, like they had this mini series that basically can be cut into a movie. And, and then you have this kind of like a cinematic miniseries, a part one and a part two uh, telling that in a very cinematic way that they could have never done in the ABC miniseries premiere. You know what I mean? Like this they could do it on a much better budget. They can have lots more rewrites. They can, you know, they can pay much more attention to it, give it a lot more love. Uh, cause you're not fitting it in between commercials, you know, it's like, it can be a little more risque, more close to the material. If you've read the book, uh, it has some really sketchy things in it that both the miniseries and the recent movies just decided to skirt. And with good reason, uh, cause when you read it, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Don't remember that from the, uh, that scene wasn't giant. in the film. <laughs> this seems to be some sort of reboot uh, reimagining of the movie that I saw or the book that I read or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> sometimes you get that good version.
1: So let's. Well, yeah, it, it is a, is a really great one because when you look at the original, you know, that's for a whole generation, that's a lot of people, you know, the exposure to it is like, that's, you know, the, the genesis for why a lot of people are afraid of clowns and you know would because yeah, yeah, i point. watched a couple of uh different documentaries on the making of that and the thing is it's renowned in its own right as being you know this because it was one of the scariest things that had been put on tv at that point but I it was, still I was did in face this, I was in okay. the
0: seventh grade or eighth grade when that came out and yeah it was great I loved it back then in fact I was probably the target audience you know uh, oh yeah
1: but it did. It did face teens. a lot of it faced a lot of hurdles, you know. That it, especially in nineteen ninety, you know, yeah. standards and practices, what you could and couldn't put on air. You know, taking that story and adapting it to TV the way they did, they did a great job. But it's like okay, when you revisit that source material, you know, t- what was it twenty thirty years later? Yeah, um, and you are saying okay. We now have a, it does that same thing. It's like okay, we're not gonna crap on this at all. Everybody here is gonna actively keep reminding everyone. Okay, Tim Curry was amazing. You oh, know, he this was. whole cast was amazing. What That's they did is
0: defining roles. I yeah, mean, I think on if you go to IMDb, probably it's one of those. Yeah, In my so, estimation it is. I mean, it's like Clue. Uh, yeah, Legend. Home Alone Two. Of course, Home Alone Two. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't leave with Home Alone 2. But I mean, and then, I, you know, as Pennywise, I mean, this is just one of those things that... And I know he's been in, like, other more... Well, uh, uh, Little... Uh, not Little Shop of Horrors. Rocky Horror, of course. Yeah. Known for Rocky Horror for probably most people, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm the one who comes... I'm the weirdo who leads with Clue.
1: The Shadow.
0: <laughs> I'm the nerd who leads with the movie about a board. game. Adam's
1: Family 3.
0: Mm. Uh uh Annie, right? He was uh one of the kidnappers. So, you he's, know, yeah. A, don't a don't come at past. me like I don't like Tim Curry because I do. I do very much. Congo, don't forget Congo. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> we are watching you. Uh fucking movie rules and that accent ruled. <laughs> the Lost City of Zinge.
0: But I I wrote down a couple of um that I I thought to to be good and then that's kind of to set my that's my bar my personal bar you obviously men- can mention some if i if they you know they're not yours as well uh, i thought the planet of the apes uh movies directed by matt reeves i thought all three of those were great like that felt like a very uh, affectionate remake of the original series from the from the 60s and 70s don't you think i mean
1: uh, not the uh, Tim Burton, Are you leaving the no, Tim Burton. No, wow. no, oh. no, no,
0: not the Mark Mark Wahlberg. Mac Wahlberg. Mac Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, Say hello to your Mad mother. Max Fury Road, I, I thought was a great sort of reboot of that. You no, know, that, that to me that's like a reboot. That's not a remake. Although I, I guess it's closest to Mad Max. I guess. The yeah. Second one. What was the second one called? Um, was it like Fury Road or something? No, uh, no, no. That's that's the one I just said, Fury Road. What was it? Because it was maybe it was just maybe they were both called Mad Max, you know? Because the first uh, one was sort of an it. independent movie from Australia, and then there was the other one, which was a different movie and considered a sequel. But I think it maybe it, maybe it was just called Mad Max Two. Maybe the Road that's, Warrior. Road Warrior. That's right. And yeah. then Thunderdome for the Beyond third Thunderdome one. was the third one. Beyond Thunderdome. Right. Um, so yeah, I, th- those movies were great and this doesn't take anything away from those movies. No. And it, it, in- instead of Mel Gibson, cause he was probably in the shit, he probably would have been in a sequel if he at that time wasn't in the middle of some controversial yeah you know, behavior, I guess. Kind of cost him a-, a lot of years. I think, I think he's kind of back on the, like, okay, you know, we know what you did, but. Uh it's you know, it's no worse than anybody in my family probably that I know that I'm related you to. You do
1: it again, it'll we'll box your ears.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you do it again though, pull me once. pull me twice, you will not be back. So, you know, here comes Tom Hardy, who was sort of a new kind of uh popular guy at the time and oh my god, and you get the original guy to direct it, amazingly. <laughs> He's in his seventies I think at the time. Uh, and it just does an amazing job like that sequence with all the cars and they're kind of going back and forth on the sticks and it's all kind of shot in one take. It looks like and you just have vehicular mayhem all over the place. Very awesome. Uh, very, very true. Felt felt like an homage. to the arena. Yeah. And uh, did I mention the Jungle Book? I, that's like the one of these Disney remakes that I think are actually good.
1: Yeah, I will. I Some will get our, on board with that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, John Favreau, always been a fan of his. And The Lion King, I was disappointed in a little bit. It really did try to be a shot-for-shot shot remake, basically. Uh, and for many, that was... Even though a lot, everyone went to see it because they wanted... Well, because they were fans of the original. Uh, it was massive back in the 90s, and it's just picked up more fans along the way since then. So, yeah, when they announced they're going to have this re- hyper-realistic realistic version of uh, The Lion King, and this is kind of fresh off uh, the success of The Jungle Book, you, your mind starts going wild. You're like, ooh, what's he going to do with this one? And, you know, visually it looked very good, but it really kind of just was. And I'm just like, I'll just take the one that I loved from childhood because it's not really different enough for me to like it over one. It's just do you prefer the classic 2D uh hand drawn st- style of animation or do you appreciate more if you're of a young age that you and you really have no love for the lion king the animated version the you know the hand drawn animated version if you have no love for that and the first one you see of the two is the recent one you'd probably look back at the hand drawn one and go this this got released in theaters you know <laughs> this isn't very impressive
1: well and i so, think i think one one of the things One of the things that can really differentiate it too is um, uh, because one of the things I've had to appreciate, and I think we both kind of talked about it on here, you know, especially when we do rad dad segments uh, in the past is appreciating which generation it's for. I mean, sometimes the original was for us for previous generations and a remake, even though, you know, we were, we're the ones taking the kids to see it or we're providing the opportunity to, uh, for our kids to see it, you know, there are people that get all up and oh, all the reboot, oh, you know, it's yeah. like it's not for us, it's for them. They, you know, when, when there's some stuff and we, we know this experience, like there's some stuff we show our kids from when we were, from when we were younger and we yeah. want, we want to have that shared experience, yes. but not everything translates. that not everything's like, no. okay, In fact, I'll still love this lot and lot they does, don't to be honest. Yeah. I've
0: found it's enjoyable to, you know, my kids, but rarely have they been like, Oh my God, that movie was like, we're not like talking about it weeks afterward or anything. Yeah, And a movie like, you know, um, the wizard was very much of its time. Yeah. You would have to really change a lot of things to make the basic concept of the wizard. Um, a young boy who is autistic, uh, who escapes his family, his divorced family, and is clinging to a time when his life made more sense when his sister was alive. He just sort of in a very meanish kind of rain many way would just constantly say California. And so that kick-started the uh journey of leaving his parents, running away, and then crossing the country in a way that no kid would do nowadays. Like, ever. You know, like there's just that just doesn't translate. No kid is doing that no kids run away from home like that yeah on the the beds of trucks (laughs) that kind of shit that was very standard for i mean everyone i knew when i grew up rode on the bed of a truck with no safety belts of any kind yeah sometimes you had the tailgate removed and it wasn't even there nothing to keep you from just sliding out the back just
1: flying right out the back of that truck
0: but guess what we w- we had the basic brains to go falling out of back of truck bad, so we would just hang on for dear life. Yeah, you know we weren't so stupid that we would go stand on the edge or anything idiotic. Well, and, <laughs> and if and- we did, so be it. That kid probably wasn't. <laughs> That's gonna make natural it anyway. selection. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, and some things, some things. I mean, like you can't do a straight one to one. Like even uh, like you know, if you take Home Alone. And you want to remake Home oh, Alone? Yeah. you know today, you you can't. I mean, like you know they they did the uh, they did the reboot a couple years ago, which I actually I, I didn't mind. It was, it was far and away better than installments four and five, which were just garbage straight to video. You know, cash grabs. So the reboot that Disney Plus did, it, they at least invested some effort in trying to take you know the story pay a little bit of homage to the original have some elements right. there that you know parents oh you know you have buzz you have a few different things so right. they 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 covered that base and then they made the story you know they they translated the story to modern day well enough but you can't do a one to one cuz okay you this can't have not believable the, yeah it's like okay well the techno, again the technological advancements has happened from 1990 to now I was like, no, I mean, if, oh, the phone lines are down, I was like, well, why would that matter? We have cell phones. I we think about the only
0: way you can make a good, believable sequel if you wanted to do Home Alone would be to have to tell it as a flashback memory. Yeah. And you're remembering it as it was in the 90s. Yeah. As an adult. And you, it's loosely tied together with, uh, it's one of the younger Siblings or whatever, you know, like that's that's them, isn't it? They're remembering their times, like you know, the Malones are just the, the most forgetful family, yeah, ever in the history of child. Like they just they just make the kids and forget them, you know, just make them and forget them. They'll take care of. There's so many of them now. They'll probably just take care of themselves, which again was a very kind of 80s, 90s lock, you know, lock key, latch key kids, yeah, of acceptance that's something that would very much be looked up, like frowned upon. Now I can't even imagine leaving like now, now I can cause Logan's older, but even still, I'm I don't trust him for long cause his attention span's not quite good enough to just pay attention to his little sister who does not need to be
1: home alone unsupervised. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, and to that point, I mean, culturally, and generationally, things do change to where it's like, okay, you know, there there are some, some things that are connected to is It was like, oh, when I was a kid, we used to, I, we used to do that, too. The same thing yeah. that is like, okay. But now you're like, okay, they're kids, you know, kids. And I feel like I'm the old guy now. It's like, ah, kids today. You know, it's like, But kids today, it's kids a whole different I think kids today get experience. into mischief,
0: but just in a different way, you know. But no, you can't prank phone call people anymore. So you no. just catfish somebody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like oh whatever
0: hack somebody's account like that's the kind of mischief that kids are you know because I mean that's mischief
1: that's more relevant to their time. (laughs) Yes, when we were children, you'd call someone up and you'd ask them if their refrigerator is running. Nowadays, you just ruin someone's life.
0: Oh my God, you were such a bad boy! If you got like if someone saw you do that, wow, total cred instantly right there paid full in cash cash money credentials in
1: the palm of your hand is what i'm saying adam yes me me as a nine-year-old is like hey is your refrigerator running uh (laughs) me as a nine-year-old today yeah i just doxed this guy and put all his public information (laughs) on the internet
0: i've got his fucking ip address i'm gonna yeah we we are not the same person ai generated video of him uh hailing Hitler and it's like, his uh, living room. Uh, this is not the same, guys.
1: This is different. <laughs> no. These are two no, different one, things.
0: Two to the extreme. This is how it is. It, anything anymore is just like fucking cancelled. You're dead to me if anybody makes a mistake. <laughs> All right, so let's get into <laughs> great any by the way, uh you mentioned the Home Alone re- was there were there any other like really good remakes or re you know, like reimaginings <sighs> that you can think of that you wanted to mention?
1: The, no, I, I think those are, I mean, especially, like, uh, It was a great one. Um, the, uh, there's, I mean, there, there have been other good ones, uh, but those, I mean, those are, I think, really drive that point home well enough.
0: Well, here's some, here's some statistics for you. All right. Uh, I looked this up on the internet. Don't, don't dispute me. Uh, since the year 2000, there have been 300 total remakes released, movies-wise. That's a nice round uh, number. That is a very nice round number. I counted it twice. Uh that that number is a little bit padded by the fact that it counts every movie. Uh, I looked at a different source and I counted since 2000 129 like feature film theatrical releases, you know, not not something that was whipped together really quick and shown only in Austria. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So like uh but still since the year 2000 129 uh, remakes and IMDB uh, will cl- classifies 200. They're, they just cut it off at 200. You know, they, I'm sure there are more, uh, but of all time, a hundred, like 60, like I'm not great at statistics, but like 65% almost of all remakes have come just in the last 23 years of all of cinema.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a big percentage. Yeah.
0: That's a lot. It's a big chunk. Like that's the pie graph is the big piece right there. So, and, and so that's what made me like, again, I kind of circle back around to my original, like white men can't jump was a pretty big deal in the early nineties. It was a cult classics uh, type thing. But a lot of times those are the types of movies that will get some extra attention for a reboot and it's coming out on Hulu. And I don't know any of the actors, I don't want to throw shade to my dude Jack Harlow and be a traitor because, you know, he's a local. But, I mean, I don't really know uh, a Jake song. I don't know, like, a a song from him from, like, any other artist that I'd never heard of. You know, I just wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't even know what he sounds like.
1: I don't even I know just... who Jack Harlow is, so I'm even more out yeah. of the loop. We're
0: so out of the loop. We, I think we... You hear the name and you go, I do hear that name a lot, but I don't know who he is. You know?
1: I have heard that name before.
0: Yeah. name was familiar to me. Is that, is that the kid that used to always get caught whacking off in my cool shed? <laughs> but anyway, so other than that, which I don't know if I'm going to even see. My heart's not even really in it. The Little Mermaid comes out uh, in May, which is a big deal. You see it in front of almost every movie that I've seen in the last five months or so uh for as an advertisement for going to the movies basically like you know why would you want to see this movie like in the little format and then it just gets bigger and bigger until it fills the whole screen it's like you want to see it like this see a movie like a man you pussy see it the right way you piece (laughs) of shit (laughs) fucking salad eating bitches um take the the movie insulting me i'm already here I know, right? I am here. I paid. I'm in the theater, guys. <laughs> um, And then you got the TMNT Mutant Mayhem kind of reboot, I guess, is what it is. It's not a direct sequel, and it's completely different style. And I'm really excited about that. I like the look of that. I think I look at that list of talent that are behind it, and I go, thumbs up. That looks good. So I'll definitely go see that in theaters in August. Um, but then you got some later in the year stuff like um, Dune Part 2, which, you know, we've already seen Dune 1. So it's just sort of like, you know, one day you're going to get this one long cut of the movie Dunes. It's just going to be the whole movie and it'll be like five and a half hours long. But, you know, anytime I see just a planned sequel and nothing else, like everything has to be at least a trilogy nowadays where you're a failure.
1: You have to create a universe.
0: Or maybe there will be more dunes. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to stop it too, but who's to say they they may not do some more. That comes out in uh, November. And then in December, the color purple I saw. Don't know who's in that. Don't know if it's actually a major theatrical thing or if it's Disney Plus. I have no idea, but I recognize it. And the last one is Wonka, which I think is a movie that a lot of people be interested in because it comes out around Christmas time. Yeah, and Timothy Chalamet is kind of a big actor now, and he looks the part of Wonka way more than, in my opinion, than Johnny Depp did with that whole uh, rendition. Gene Wilder is Wonka forever to yeah. me. Oh yeah, but I look at Timothy Chalamet's Wonka and I go, yeah i I can watch that Wonka and not scoff at it because it's just different for different sake feels more like what a wonka should be and anytime you get a, a tim burton movie i like tim burton but he does have uh like a template to that he works off of he doesn't yeah. oh totally he doesn't adapt anyone else's style it's him and only him and johnny depp was just his dude for such a long time back then so you know he got the lead and you know he had his moments but not my favorite version. Well,
1: yeah, because, I mean, Tim Tim Burton, you know, like, Tim Burton to me is a, a different shade of, like, a Wes Anderson or somebody that has a very yeah. stylistic look to the way they're going to do it and a and cast an, of people an that they work with.
0: He has an animation, since he has a Disney, like, animation background, Yeah, his style tends to be of that, he likes, he doesn't, he's not scared to include Stop motion animation and no. puppetry of of kinds. He's just not afraid of it. So he lives in both sides of that pretty well. And yeah, I, I'm glad to see him still active. You know, I know he was a producer and he directed the first episode of the Wednesday series, which I thought was really good and uh, uh, like a real worthy picking up of the Adams family told for a new generation. Very happy with it. It it really kind of had maybe because the '90s are starting to be, become more the trendy nostalgic thing now, maybe, maybe it was patterned after that movie more than I give it credit for. Uh, but like they might've just ripped it all off. Tim Burton did a really good job and that wasn't a Tim Burton movie. He, he kind of, uh, it was gloomy and, and there were woods, dark, dark woods. That's very Tim Burton. There,
1: there was a general have, like, malaise. Feel,
0: yeah. <laughs> general malaise. And of course there was a claymation killer that's when you know it's Tim Burton when you see oh, yeah. that much respect given to a pretty okay version of a claymation monster. <laughs> not terrible, but I'm not immersed when I see it. I'll just say that much. CG really it has the, the monster thing. I think locked down. Like you can get a really good monster, maybe with a little practical effects, a tentacle swinging or something, whatever. But you know, you can go pretty far with, with CG
1: claymation, you know,
0: I say leave it at large, March.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good place um, to, to stop. <laughs>
0: and, and next year we got, um, well, there's a Dirty Dancing movie coming out in February, and Jennifer Grey is in it. So I'm thinking it might just be a sequel, or, or it is a remake, and she's a different character. Like maybe she's the mom playing the old hurt. You know, everybody loved that version of her dad in that movie. I forget the actor's name,
1: Jerry Orbach, Jerry Orbach.
0: Yeah. Everybody really enjoyed. I mean, he was the antagonist clearly in the movie, but he was a beloved character actor. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe she kind of takes on that role. Very anti baby type role. Uh, But you know, again, who cares? I'll probably not see it. And then there's a snow white from Disney. So Disney, Disney is just very happy and content uh, remaking every single one of their movies, uh, their animated movies, like the hand-drawn style. And, you know, you'd think they might be running out, but probably not. I, I'm not sure exactly how many features they have that are hand-drawn like that, but it did go all the way up to The Princess and the Frog, which was in the 2000s. Well and so they got the, a lot of
1: movies they can still go for. The, the Rock just announced like a, a couple of months ago that they're doing a live action Moana.
0: That really surprises me. There has been not enough time. I guess they're banking on that the, the franchise still has some juice left over from when it first came out. It it hasn't been that long, maybe no. four years or so. And I love that movie. I thought I thought Dwayne Johnson was just great as Maui. And the girl, I mean, I loved her song. I liked the John Manuel, uh, Miranda. Like, I liked his... Eh, Hamilton's fine and all good, but I really liked the songs from Moana way better than Hamilton. That's just my personal opinion.
1: I don't and, know uh, the songs yeah. from Hamilton, so by default, Moana wins.
0: I, I My wife actually loves it. She's been to see it twice. And she watched, I I watched it with her when Disney Plus around the time of the pandemic. I remember it was like a big deal because it was like one of the first like really good quality things that, you know, you could have conceivably gone to theaters, but went right to their streaming platform. And uh, so I got a chance to see it and it was, you know, it was impressive. Uh, He definitely wrapped history, which is novel, I think. Beastie Boys would do it, but they were very lazy about it. You know, they would mention Paul Revere.
1: They've been and, rapping mostly, for a while.
0: It's mostly about his horse and <laughs> and his beer. Yeah. And you know, it's not even. It's honestly, it's not even about him. It's about the 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 Beastie Boys. You know, they're the kind of the star of the song. Why is it even called Paul Revere? Why it's, <laughs> That's the extent of their uh, nod to history. Let's just call one of our songs "Paul Revere," and yeah. we'll mention it. We'll mention it, Paul Revere in the song. There you go. That's what that's how we did it. Um but yeah. So Snow White, that's and that I didn't go any further into the future. Uh yeah, Moana's probably a 20 maybe that one's a bit further off. And I don't know, like I'm I'm, I'm not to say I'm glad that they're not doing as many reboot remakes and reboots. I would still like to see that trend of science fiction getting, you know, Cause you know, when they did war of the worlds with Tom Cruise, that was awesome. <laughs> um, the thing for some reason didn't do enough. I thought just, I don't know. Maybe it's just because John Carpenter is such a, such a visual fingerprint. Yeah. His style is all over that movie. And if it's not really his, I don't think he directed the remake. He probably was, he got paid as some sort of consultant, I'm sure on it. And I bet he, you know, was like, Hey, the re- the remake's great as he's like counting his cash
1: <laughs> similar like, to like Gus Van Sant. from Goodwill
0: yes you <laughs> knew exactly where I was going absolutely he would pay attention just counting his stacks of cash
1: well and that's um, I mean that's that's one of the that's one of the challenges that you even within science fiction you face is you know when you go back to the thing you know the the practical effects do still hold up um you know there there's a but there's there's a part of it where it's almost like in in that because I would say I, I think John Carpenter is probably one of the better examples of practical effects, especially in science fiction slash horror. Yeah, oh yeah. um, that that hold up. Ridley just, Scott too, man. Yeah, respect. Just just because like. Even though you could recognize pretty easily that they're practical and, and to a degree, I mean, I, I hate to use the word cheesy, but you just, you know, it's one of those like, I think that's what when people look back on practical effects versus what you could do now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part where, like, e- even though you know that the aliens are, you know, it's all practical effects and, and, and prosthetics and, and rubber and, and all that, it's like, it was still so well done. And the thing, especially, is just one of those movies that has, you know, it's it's not like millions of people. Oh, the thing was such was like it still has kind of that cult following ish kind of dedication that the the practical effects of that, like if you in in making a remake, in doing a reboot, whatever, however you classify classify it, is like people I feel like a lot of the people are still going to are going to go back you're you're not going to have that same translation from um, like we were talking about with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you say Mm -hmm. okay this was in the beginning this is their limitation and you know they did a great job with it but now we can do this I think everybody was sufficed by you know the the original that were like we don't need you to build upon this we don't need you to do something different because we are more than satisfied with what we have here.
0: Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a, such a style, but I think it's just mostly because it was so inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, it was very well done, but you can tell a lot of its charm is from its obvious lack of budget. And the ways they, you know, creative, it's not to say that the things they use look cheap, but the movie was inexpensive. As a fact, it was not very expensive. And, you know, there aren't very many, it's like a house in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that's kind of it really, I can well, believe just like when they did with evil dead and you only know, just kind of went out to exactly. a cabin and filmed it with some friends. And, and so in their case, they had Sam Raimi who was very creative with practical effects and a low budget. Um, and hell, it's like the guy who made the Deadpool movie probably did some really creative things to keep that movie as low a budget as it was. It looks way, it looks twice as much as what it costs. Yeah. Way more expensive. But he was like a practical... Wasn't he like a special effects guy?
1: Uh, the like he, I know
0: he owned his own kind of company. Yeah. So, you know, he probably... Uh, may, it, the budget was probably low because he, he did it himself for just cheap. Probably worked himself to the bone. Very well could be what it was. Um, but, you know, it, I don't want to say... Stop making remakes, but sometimes it just really feels like I th- maybe they're getting the message. Maybe the people who make movies are getting the message that it's not necessarily necessary. Like you're not going to make a hundred million dollars on Overboard in 2022. You're not going to make a hundred yeah. million dollars on a White Men Can't Jump. It- it's got to be some large property because that's kind of what all like the big blockbusters are still very much the these summertime it's so many there are so many now they have to extend the summertime is now quote-unquote starting like in march and ending in september so many of these movies these big extensive movies because yeah there does seem to be a lack of that kind of mid-major type movie that people mention all the time there's just certain types of movies you don't see anymore and i saw like when air came out it kind of reminded me of a movie like that Cause yeah, sometimes you'll get that type of movie come out in like pre Oscar times, but it comes out, you know, pretty ballsy in like the, you know, those summer block box office type, you know, they're just slipping that in there and hoping, Hey, we understand people are going to go into the theaters and see, uh, guardians of the galaxy, but I'm banking that there'll still be a couple of older adult couples who will go out and have, you know, have dinner. They're babysitters watching their kids, and they just go see that movie. No investment needed. You don't know need to know the the universe of Marvel or DC. You just go. Oh, there's Matt Damon. Oh, there's Ben Affleck. Oh, this is a movie about Michael Jordan and Nike. Let's go see this. Like, it's how long has it been since we've just seen one of those kinds of movies released in the middle of the year like that?
1: Well, and that was uh, that, I think that was the whole idea behind that because from uh reading it was either i can't remember if i read it or if it was in an interview that matt damon was doing but he was talking about how they had created a production company that was meant specifically to handle smaller movies to say we're going this is this is our goal. we don't want to make big blockbusters we want to try and facilitate smaller stories being able to make their way to the theater because you're seeing less and less of that so uh, I can, I bet I can appreciate didn't that. they make their
0: money back with this one, probably with Air. Um, and they're in it if it's their production company. They're in it, so like they, it's not like they got to pay out of pocket for themselves. I mean, they probably have to. I'm not sure how that works. Like in in a union, do you still have to pay yourself scale as an actor? Like do, I mean, because you are, if you're directing and uh, acting in a movie, do you just take whichever salary is the highest? I mean, how does that work? I
1: wonder. Anyway,
0: it could be a topic for another time. I might have to research that because that's really interesting, I think.
1: That's a good but tangent.
0: It is a good tangent that I named after the show. That's why we're that. That's why we're called that Box Office Tangents. Did I even say the name of the podcast up front? I don't think I did. Let's start over.
1: We buried the <laughs> lead. Boom. I screwed up. This
0: is actually everybody, everybody. This, this isn't comedy bang bang. This is actually the Box Office Tangent podcast. So I'm sorry
1: if you. Welcome. This was all the intro.
0: <laughs> I had that very sort of uh, dramatic intro that I had written down. <laughs> it was a really use. great intro. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm i glad to have done, done the show proud. So, yeah, I, I, going back to air, I think it is a shame that they are not going to make a ton of money, but Hopefully they're looking at it more as a long-term investment. Just keep making the movies like that. Keep releasing them. And, um, because yeah, they they were in it, but it was also just like Jason Bateman. They didn't actually get Michael Jordan in it, uh, that I know of. Uh, and
1: but you know, good actors who who normally star in these kinds of
0: movies. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, they I, had. I kinda they wouldn't had, mind it.
1: They had a lot. Of, I mean, there were. I mean, because you did. You did. You Jason Bateman. I mean, Viola you know, Chris Davis. Tucker. Chris Tucker's yeah. not as big of a star as he was, but, I mean, the name no. still has some recognition. Viola Davis, which was, um, that was, she's, she's in the movie because of Michael Jordan. He requested her. Mm. Um, mm, to play his mom, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, uh, there's, the, I mean, there were a number of big names in there, recognizable names that people, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's streaming now on uh, Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting to find. Probably, I'm definitely gonna watch it this weekend. I'm gonna say. So I, I, we were gonna see it, Laura and I, for our anniversary a w- couple weekends ago, and then I think you told me like, hey, it looks like air is gonna be streaming starting on the 12th, which that was the day of our anniversary, <laughs> and uh, so we were we they still had one show playing at uh, Tinseltown, so we were gonna do that because we were gonna be out there that way anyway. And uh, that's when you told me that. I was like, oh, well, do we really want to pay that when well, we could just, I mean, we're going to be tight. I mean, we're old, honestly. Who are we kidding? You know, <laughs> we, had <a> <laughs> <run>. <laughs> we had a good run. We had oh, a good run. We had a good run. That steak is just sitting in my stomach, and I'm just fat and happy and tired and ready for sleep.
1: We went and, to Bob Evans. We ate was like, at I agree 3 in the to
0: <laughs> Let's get some cheesecake on the way home and eat that in bed, shall we? There I love we go. Honey, happy we're anniversary. Good. That's the most most romantic thing I've done for her in forever. Cheesecake in bed? Oh, honey.
1: (laughs) I got her the Whitman Uh, sampler from the Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Well, um,
0: this tangent has gone about 50 minutes long, so um, maybe we should just save whatever topic you came with for the next time. I think so. Otherwise, we're going to double the the length of this show, and we don't want to do that. We we want to keep it at an hour or so. Tasty morsels that's it's what it's all about. Yeah, just it's quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, and we
0: don't have any quality, so but we do have we do we, we have some quantity. We, we do, do have, have some that. quantity. We do have some quantity, so we'll we're growing that. in quantity. <laughs> we are. Every episode, we grow a little more. All right. Well damn that that was a that was a fun topic reboots remakes etc and we'll just we'll just go out on this little fella